flag a wrong point when I step in Signs in the air for the gang that you repping Don't get brave when I'm stepping in the rave If you show my love, everything's okay So for a lively rave to have fun in If there ain't girls in the place, we ain't coming Middle finger up to the Jake, stepping in with the gang Please tell the police they can't come in Show me a salute, that's gang Pure love for the crew, that's gang Don't chat shit if you ain't gonna bang Just show man a sign if you're down for the gang Show me a salute, that's gang Pure love for the crew, that's gang Don't chat shit if you ain't gonna bang Just show man a sign if you're down for the gang Juventini, we are back. Uh, this is the Juventini's Out Back to Black and White podcast. Uh, my name is Daniel Negro, live from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And today we bring you the state of the union, the state of Juve. Uh, we got some very special guests on. Uh, unfortunately, we couldn't have one more to make the, the trio, but that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fault that on myself today. There's been a lot of technical problems, but I will get on to it. Without further ado, Graham uh roman you of uve therapy and graham at nine graham at 1897 welcome to the show guys thank you very much thanks for having me on much appreciated so you know it's been a couple days and i think well at least for me personally everything settled uh a little nicer i got a, a rant out in the last podcast so you know the nerves aren't as high uh what about you guys how you feeling Slightly, slightly better, but still, still pissed off. <laughs> Why losing the cup isn't uh, isn't one of your favorite things to do after after all these years? Losing a game. Anyways, Graham, go ahead. How are you feeling? Um, I think I've got most of my anger and frustration out, but I'm sure some of it's going to return on Monday against Bologna. Yeah, it's gonna be. Uh, in, well, I mean, we were hoping for uh, a nice two quick wins, but uh, as always, you know, Juve fans now now know. I guess the newer fans know what we've been feeling for I don't know how many years now. But um, we can't win pretty, that's for sure. Uh, so let's get into the news. I wake up the next day, and unfortunately, you know, well, maybe fortunately for one, unfortunate for Alexandra to be out. Uh, it's looking like Kadira might be out for the season from some reports early on. Um, but yeah, Alexandra is going to be gone for, I um, believe, three weeks. So that's that's a huge blow. That's a huge blow to our club. Um, what do you think? What do you think about that, guys? Um, yeah, I mean, Alexandra is going to be you know the biggest miss, hopefully. Hopefully it's only three weeks, but I mean, off the top of my head, I think that's going to be, what, six games he's going to miss. You know, we've got two games per per week. So, you know, we're, we're already stretched and lacking in depth for the full-back position to begin with. And now we've only got three guys, Quadrado, Dicilio and Danilo, that can play in that position. I'm not going to count Matuidi because Matuidi is not a fullback. Matuidi is a midfielder. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and, Graham. Um, and I mean, when you look at the injuries we've got, you know, we've got I mean, Merit Demiral, he's injured, Chiellini injured, 
Kadira injured, I know, you know, he's not the I'm not his biggest fan either, but you know, that's one less midfielder we can rely on. And of course Gonzalo Higuain's out, so you know, we've pretty much only got one striker as well. Yeah, Roman. Uh well, um the worst possible injury uh was <laughs> the day after the game. Cause uh, Alexandro has probably been the guy that we could rely on 100% this season. Yep. Probably, unfortunately, the only left-back, we natural left-back we have in the club. We'll probably get back to the management and bashing them and so whatnot, but uh, we can blame ourselves for this because our own uh, Luca Pellegrini that we bought is playing for Cagliari. Could have played for as a left-back for us, but no. So we left with Alexander, and of course he played a lot of games. It does not justify the fact that he just got injured because, I mean, there was so much uh, dead period now for two, two months, two three months, you know. So, of course, uh, it's unfortunate, and the injury, the way he got it, also is rather it's not a muscular injury; it's more of a like uh, sudden unfortunate injury. But it's so typical us, you know get the injuries where the where we don't need them and unfortunately it happened but uh, I mean I don't see uh, I don't think that Sari thinks about this so much I think that actually he uh, will decide to go with for example Danilo on the left and Quadrado on the right or maybe even Di Ciglio will slot in somewhere um, and of course Kedira as you mentioned also is uh, is out injured for the season I don't see it being an issue other than that Graham just mentioned, that the fact that we have one less body to use. <laughs> but that's yeah. about it. He, he, he's exactly what, what it is. He's just a body to use. And um, unfortunately, now he's uh, out for the season. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so let's take it a step back, actually, you know, before we cover anything else, some of the comments that were made. But I want to hear your guys' you know, again, it's been two days. Give us what, how you're feeling about the club, about the game that obviously we lost to Napoli in the in the PKs. But uh, I know obviously we heard your great uh, commentary on the live stream there during the game. But just for any fans who obviously didn't watch that, give us how you're feeling about everything in in general. Hmm. Uh, I know it's a big topic, but yeah, it is. <laughs> you got to you got to specify. It's so much to talk about. <laughs> Well, just just give us your emotion. Give us what 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 you're feeling. Give us how, how you how you're feeling. Well, um, well, okay. Uh, let's go. Let's go back to the floor July. is yours. <laughs> July 2017. That's the day. That's the month, and we changed the logo. That's where we started. And uh, already there, I started to think that this club is going into direction that is unknown. Uh, excited. I will support the club's decision. I think it's a bold decision. Uh, the logo that we had uh, was the one that I, well, kind of settled with, you know, and uh, now suddenly they're changing to this weird uh, weird one, to w- which uh, I can make an illustrator for in the 20 minutes, and there we go. But here we go. We have this logo. So, and then just Almost exactly later, a uh, year later, we signed Cristiano. Nobody thought about this. Nobody even dreamt of it in January or even in March, you know. But the rumors were there in May uh, and whatnot, in June even. And then suddenly he arrives at the J Medical, you know, and I could not believe it. I was, uh, I was so 
proud of my club. We peaked at that moment, I felt. I felt that was like a Champions League victory for us, you know, at that level. Because right. we signed the best player in the world. And in Italy, you know, and it's not it's not a small deal in Italy to buy this kind of star, you know. So for sure I was excited and then and then it was like expected Champions League because we signed Mr. Champions League. Of course, obviously it never well, it it isn't it didn't happen. Still is not happened yet, and I doubt it will happen this season. And um and then the uh, the rumor started that Marotta didn't even want Ronaldo in the club. Uh, there was uh, some uh, I don't know discussions about that. So in the end, at the end of uh, October 2018, he left and uh, well joined uh, Merda uh, and Paratici took over. And uh, we could, of course, and yeah. By the way, in between those two times, we signed Ronaldo and Marotta left. We actually extended the contract of Sami Khedira to the next season, to, to 2021. So we believed in Sami. We always believed in Sami, you know. And that's, that, that, that is also an issue uh, for me personally. But, but anyway, uh, so Paratici takes over and we think, okay, we just, uh, Paratici brought us Cristiano. So we will trust the guy. The guy just brought us Cristiano, and when he brought De Ligt, we thought, wow, this is the real deal. This is the, I don't know, this is the Moji, you know. Uh, this is the new sporting director that we want, we want, really want. Well, and um, and then Allegri left. We can discuss about Allegri, about his faults, but I, I have to say that Allegri is a better coach than Sarri. I'm not saying Allegri is a better manager. But I'm th- I think that Allegri is a better coach. Uh, right now, during this season, and it tops. Well, it, it was, it peaked against uh, Napoli. Uh, I don't see progress, you know. I absolutely don't see any progress with Sarri. Uh, Allegri left a broken, old uh, team. It was out of ideas. Uh, no idea how to play football because it was so obvious that he was going to leave. And we signed Sarri, who is, I mean, known for his attacking football. But it takes a while, you know. And when he arrives at Juve, the most stupid thing we could have done is to sign a manager who needs time to adjust. At Juve, we want to win today. We don't want to win tomorrow. We don't want to win the day after, the next season or whatnot. We want to win today. With Cristiano at the club, with Dybala, with guys like Bonucci, Chiellini. Well, Barzagli was there and then he retired. But yeah, you know, Buffon, those guys, they don't want to wait for Sarri to adapt, to improve. They just want to today. I, I, I feel that I as fan want it today. Right. So, th- of course, of course, there will be a lot of discussions around that we give him time and this is a specific type of play. and uh, But we have no players that can support him. Like, I mean, technically right. with, the, with the skill and with the, with the formation, with how the way he wants to play. Uh, I don't think he's a particularly great manager. That's, I said that. Uh, I don't think that he has um, man management skills. We have seen this in, in the past. We've seen this now. Uh, and I mean, 
I'm not gonna rumble or not yet. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say that I mean Sari is not Sari was not a perfect choice, but I think it was rather a wishful thinking, maybe a bit naive thinking of you from UV management management to buy or to get Mauricio Sari because he played great football for Napoli. I that that's about it. That's and they failed. At least for now, it looks like they failed. Uh, but of course, they're not going to admit that. Uh, they will keep at it. They will support the guy. Question is, how far can we stretch it until enough is enough? I think I think that's pretty. I think that's a pretty good sticking point that we'll get into. Uh, I'll let you say your piece, Graham. But um, yeah, you kind of went down the the whole rabbit hole there of the. <laughs> Uh, of Juve, but oh, there um, is more. There is more. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think in terms of like a plateau, it seems like we almost reached with with Allegri, and then um, again, is it the right decision to bring in someone? I mean, there was a lot of calls for a lot of other coaches as well, if you remember, with similar styles. But uh, anyways, Graham, just your whole overall thoughts on like how you feeling now with the club and. And after the game, obviously, with the result of losing in, in PKs. Um, well, regarding the two most recent games in the Coppa Italia, you know, incredibly frustrated and annoyed, to be honest. Um, going into those games, I was expecting, you know, zero match fitness, match rust, everything going into it. But, you know, the performance can't be put down all to that because I've been watching other teams in their first game back after several months of zero football and all of those teams have looked, you know, much, much better than Juventus. And they've had, you know, a similar preparation, which is, you know, little to none. So, you know, you can't just put it down to three, four months, however long it was break. And, you know, we were a mixed bag before, you know, the season got put on hold. You know, if you look at the the two last games before the season was put on hold, it's Leon and against Inter. And those two games, those two games' performances are completely different from each other. Exactly. And it's and it's like you know why is that? You know, there's there's zero consistency with this team, and you know I think one of our it's a, it's, it's kind of weird to say this, but you know one of our best performances I felt was match day two against Napoli. I mean I know you know we we almost threw it away you know because right. I think we took a three 0 lead, yeah, and then some, exactly. somehow. Napoli comes into it 3-3 and you're thinking to yourself, you know, this isn't supposed to happen as a Juventus fan and fortunately we win 4-3 but you know, the football was so much better on the eye to watch and you know, you're thinking to yourself, this is going to be a great season ahead, I can't wait for this and then it just sort of got put on pause and there was very little progress after it and you know, overall when it comes to Sarri and Juventus, it's a very mixed match, I mean you know, Pavel Nedved was quoted as saying, this isn't a transitional season. But you know, when you go from, you know, a, a Allegri's pragmatic side to Sari's attacking, Sari ball and all the passing, you can't just immediately go from A to B. You know, well, A to Z, you know what I mean? It's like exactly. there's going to there's gonna be a bedding in phase and you got to give the guy time and you got to give him, you know, the right tools to work with. I mean... You know, it's, I, I kind of put blame on both ends when it comes to the way Juventus are right now, probably more so on the board because, you know, they're the ones that are supposed to have the long-term thinking. You know, every, every football manager is thinking, you know, this is this is a good payday for me. I'll get a good wage. 
I'll join this club and let's see what you know where I can take them. You know, you know, football managers and players you can be sold off or released from the contracts at any point, really, if the club you know deems it. But you know, to bring in a guy like Sari with players like Matuidi and Kadira, who are nine times out of ten in the starting eleven, it's just not going to work. And we've seen it time and time again; it's not worked. Yeah, and I think that uh, I think that Napoli game brings up a good point. You know, we looked at it as, well, this is going to be the new way, you know, and there's a lot of hockey teams in the 80s who would score like 9, 10 goals and defense wasn't really anything to 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 laugh at uh, or to appreciate, excuse me. But um, it was like, okay, well, we're going to let in a lot of goals now. This is going to be this new open style, a lot of passing. And then we just got in this phase of just injuries. Ramsey wasn't fit. Uh, Douglas Costa got hurt so that kind of was and then we were in this ever-evolving loop of of trying to put out a formation that's obviously going to be acceptable to Ronaldo and yeah again I just I'm still shocked how we beat Inter twice Um, I asked that in the last podcast about how we went without any fans uh, and again, it wasn't a great game I don't know if you guys how much you guys remember about that game but it didn't seem like we were uh world beaters at that point but it was a lot better than what we had seen again like you said in the in the leon match so uh again with with sari and the management you have to keep a a long-term view like you said graham um there's no excuses when you knew that the fans and the media were calling for allegri's head and you decide to wait till the last game to go and in June to bring in Sari and then to tell him, okay, well, can you handle what we have? Can you basically be Allegri? That's in my opinion, that's what happened. It was like, here's your players. Can you do it or not? Sari being probably a proud guy saying, Oh fuck. Yeah, I can do, I can, I can, I can win. Now I'm finally getting some money and some top class players. Now I can do some damage. Right. So again, uh, I find there's been a lot of calls now for his head. Um, you saw him in tears, obviously, at the end of the game. I think it means quite a bit, you know, not not necessarily winning, you know, with the wreck. Obviously, the the talk that's been out there about him not winning really anything besides the Europa League. But um, kind of, let's look into how he is, obviously, as a stubborn coach and what, but like, what do you kind of like out of what he has to bring or and necessarily you know was it was it wishful thinking for us to go again like you said a to z you know because a lot of fans wanted guardiola like is is it any different now if we bring guardiola in with these same crop of players and a guy who necessarily needs you know half a billion dollars to build a squad that really hasn't won the champions league yet at man city and yeah, whoever wants to take that one. <laughs> I, I mean, I think you know Pep Guardiola was you know he was a he was a bit of a pipe dream last summer. I mean, the amount the amount of money you would have to pay him before even yeah. taking into account transfers coming in, and we've already you know I'm I was all for Ronaldo signing. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure every Juventus fan was delighted at the time, and none of us would have said you know don't sign that guy, keep him away from my club, but. 
I, I do think having like Ronaldo's, you know, very high wages on the wage bill has, you know, it's restrained, it's, you know, it's restricted who we can sign and what we can do, you know, because you'll see, you know, the the theme with um, theme so far has been we make one big signing and a couple of signings around it. You know, we got Cristiano Ronaldo the previous season and then this season we got Delict and both of those felt like they came absolutely out of nowhere. But I don't think they've done that good a job of building around them. And, you know, with a guy like Pep Guardiola, he would look at the squad and he would immediately identify what he needs and who needs to go. And I'm, I'm pretty sure one of the guys that would need to go is Sami Kadira. But then the problem you have is who signs him? Who's willing to spend money on him and give him wages? And we had this problem with Mario Mandzukic. Now, Mandzukic is one of my favourite players. I loved him at Juventus. But once we extended his contract and gave him a wage raise, we weren't going to get rid of him. You know, no one was going to buy him. And what I was reading at the time was, you know, there was clubs interested in him. I think Manchester United popped up. But no one was willing to match the wages that he was on at Juventus. So, you know, we were stuck with him until January when I think he left for Qatar on a, a free transfer. So there was no, there was zero profit made on him whatsoever. And it took it took him to actually just leave to Qatar to get rid of him and get those wages off the wage bill as well. And I think that's what's going to happen with guys like Sami Kadira. Right, yeah. And Roman, um, do you think maybe Guardiola looked at the squad and said, I don't want to be there? Do you think maybe that was the case? He didn't think he was going to be able to get his way? Or do you think it was just, again, something that UV fans are dreaming and it would have looked the same? Or do you think he, he would be able to actually work with this club? What are your thoughts? Um, well, I got to say, when uh, when Ronaldo came, I think everybody thought that if Ronaldo is a Juve now, everything is possible. Ronaldo arrives, whew, well, why don't we go for our best coach in the world, arguably, Pep Guardiola. Right. Why? Why should we stop with Cristiano? So I think I think many of us, me included, also were kind of hooked to that thought that Pep is gonna be a Juve manager sooner or later. And I still believe it. I still believe he will come uh, because I just uh, we are the biggest club in Italy, and right. he obviously played in Italy. Uh, he he has this. I don't know. There are some rumors that he wants to win in every uh, big league. So either it would be PSG or it would be Juve. You could take your pick. But I, I, I honestly believe he will arrive sooner or later. But uh, if there were any contacts with him before Sarri, I don't think, I don't think so. Uh, because I, 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 see, I saw a lot of him uh, during the lockdown, the YouTube uh, stuff with him and how he handles his team, how he talks during the press conference. Guy is um, so loyal to his contract. Right. Uh, he's saying that he's staying for next season, and that's what he is. He just he just blows everything away and just saying, "I'm with the contract with City. As long as they want me, I will still be here." And that's it. And I thought that okay, fine. But when you are when your contract is up, come over. Uh, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, so next next summer. Uh, sorry, this summer after next summer, that will be interesting to see what happens with Pep. Um, should he arrive? Let's say he arrives. Okay, let's be crazy. Let's say he arrives tomorrow. Right. What happens? Uh, 
I can say right now that he will. First of all, he will do a motivational talk because this guy is an excellent at that. Absolutely excellent at the motivational talk. He will not sit there and watch Miralem Pjanic just bore himself to death. He will right. roast the guy in front of everybody. He does not care if it is Cristiano. Cristiano, he will roast Cristiano because remember when he was at Barca, he shipped off Samuel Eto'o. Shipped off many, a lot of stars. Just yeah, Ibra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to just to bring up and coming guys like the yeah Lionel Messi amongst others. So I think I I don't fear um, I don't fear the if should he arrive that it would be pear shaped or something. I think it would be great. Uh, the rotation and the overhaul on the team would be great for sure. Uh, well, obviously guys like Kedira. Uh, that's we we keep bashing Kedira, but it's our own fault that he's still at the club, and somebody needs to say it like it is. I'm sorry, you your wages high, you're constantly injured. Either you retire or go to Qatar or go to US, whatever. Just I'm sorry, you're taking up space, and I can see why Emre Chan was pissed off. I yeah. understand him perfectly well. When, and that's exactly with, with going back to um, Maurizio Sarri and his man management. It's under under criticism, of course, because you don't just you just don't call a player for thirty seconds and during the phone call you say to ah you're not in the Champions League squad anyway. See yeah. ya. And now in hindsight, of course, it's hard to tell uh, when you're in that. But in hindsight, right now, I see that why is Kedira there? Why was Ramsey there? Yeah. Why? Why did we need Ramsey in this uh, in the Champions League squad? I actually don't know if he was actually, <laughs> but I mean th- those guys are injury prone. Emre Can was not that injury prone. He did not fit uh, the Sarri system. Granted, yes, he didn't play very well, but there was a fresh, fit body <laughs> to use, basically, right? No, right. I, I'm serious. This is this is like a, this is like a player that we could use right now. Yeah. Today, of course, it's hard to tell when back in October or whatever, but yeah, where we are. And um, yeah, so, so in order to, for, for Guardiola to, to make an impact, I say very, very few players today would survive Guardiola wrath. Very few. And that's also coming back to uh, Maurizio Sarri and defending the guy. Because uh, <laughs> as you said, Daniel, uh, the team is not there for Sarri. Yeah. You're getting these guys, Ramsey, Matuidi, Betancourt, Kedira, Pjanic, Rabiot, Emrejan. Who on earth thinks this is going to work? Again, back to Allegri even. He was... He, he, he took Sturaro to Champions League final. Yeah. <laughs> he took Sami Kedira to Champions League final. Uh, Monica, you know her from Canada, the huge fan. She's a very huge fan of Allegri. And I know that you guys are not agreeing on, on Allegri, but... Don't get it started. <laughs> no, no, no. But, but, she had, but she has a great point, though. He, he took these guys to the Champions League final. No matter how crap we played, we played like idiots. Right. We didn't play great football, but the results were there. Right. So, yeah, I get that. But, uh, so, again, with Guardiola coming in, he will he will just burn these players that are not needed. I think in terms of Guardiola, I think I, I agree with you 100 percent on the pedigree, right? 
he has the standing. He's won uh, Champions League titles, mm. obviously with Barcelona. So he has that respect with the players, and I think that's one thing that <laughs> is overlooked. I don't think the players respect Sari. Um, they've even come out and said just recently. I was reading earlier today that they understand there's a problem, but they're mm. not necessarily sure uh, where to go. Um, but I, I, I don't, I don't see Guardiola doing anything more with these players. Like you said, it's, it's just not that style. Mm. You can't, as much as you're going to yell at Pjanic, I don't see Guardiola really, you know, moving the needle in, in that sense. Um, uh, you got to remember, Kadir was a was, was a good player for us, you know, in those early years. That's not necessarily what I'm saying. What your point later on was that we kept him, and that's again our fault, right? You can't you can't make excuses at the end when you're signing extensions that you that you are because hmm. teams don't want to play that. They don't want to give you money and then also pay an inflated salary because once you raise that expectation of what a player is going to make, he's not going to want less. Which yeah. player? Which player in the world is going to want a lower? Con- you know what I mean? It's just it gets in players' head. This is the new normal, right? Yeah. yeah. Of uh, the foot of the of different football around the world, right? Players are wanting more money. So and and Graham said perfectly with this. Uh, Manzukic was a great example. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, no. Sorry. Not yesterday. When when against Napoli, uh, me and Graham and uh, and Albert sat and screamed at the screen. Where is Mario Mazzucic with all these crosses, with all this physical battle in the box? Where is Mario? Right. Obviously not there. So we got him off a wage bill, but we signed Rabiot. So why did we need to sign Rabiot when we actually ended up giving uh, Emre Can a, a pass? You know, we, okay, so it was a great plus Valenza, right? He came on the free and we sold him to Dortmund. I granted, yes. But is it worth it? Yeah. Right, well, we, right we do now, we do right we now. do a merry-go-round, right? Like yeah, exactly. We were talking yeah. before. It's a merry-go-round. We basically, like Graham said, we buy that one big signing, make a couple, and then what we do is we do this merry-go-round of who comes in and who goes out to make the books work. Mm. And you just you can't do that. Like I don't know if you saw the image of Bayern Munich with the signings they've made and how much they've paid for uh, some of the young guns they have. It, it's almost like Real Madrid. It's reminding me of what Real Madrid did before they went on that run for three consecutive. They bought players smart. And I think, you know, we can get into the management right now and can I kind of, I, I think this is our major short, uh, short, our shortfall is because of our management. And I mean, I think a lot of Juve fans are very scared to criticize after winning all. Like it seems like it's this mentality we're getting into that. We can't touch the management because we've been perfect. And I've said it multiple times on previous podcasts. What happened yesterday should mean nothing to these guys. You know, you have to be continually approving because other clubs are not waiting for you. You know, the Real Madrid's, the Barcelona's, the Bayern's, they don't care that you're winning, you know, that you're resting on your laurels. You have to keep improving. And that's something that in general we haven't been able to do. We've basically had to to play with the books to uh, sign, give away the guys that we're needing to put out a great uh, squad on the field. So, again, Graham, I don't know if your thoughts about you know kind of this mentality of uh, 
oh, don't say anything because we're doing all these great things. We're winning all these trophies. And now it's kind of, again, like I said, I, I believe it's plateaued, you know, and the players are checked out. So, well, I mean, you know, you've, you've all heard the saying winning is all that matters. But um, uh, it's interesting, you know, just to touch on what Roman, you know, brought up about Emre Chan. Like, Chan is a great example of Juventus' entire strategy when it comes to the transfer market. And, you know, I fully believe the only reason that, the main reason that Chan was sold off to Dortmund instead of a guy like Matuidi or Kadira or whoever, Chan arrived on a free transfer. So we signed these guys on free transfers. Rabio is going to be exactly the same, by the way. Right. We signed them on a free transfer with the entire idea that we can sell this guy on for a profit and it will go on the books as a pure profit. Because that's every time you look at the guys that we sign on free transfers, at some point they get sold on for a profit. I mean, Paul Pogba, he probably wasn't brought in with this idea because it, it was a completely different Juventus back in, what, 2012. Right. But, you know, he arrived in a free transfer. That was a good deal. You know, guys like Pirlo arrived in a free transfer pretty much because we couldn't actually afford to sign proper top-class players that were already discovered. And, you know, Pirlo arrived, you know, from a bad season with Milan, you know, played by injury. But once we moved on from there and we saw what happened with Paul Pogba with the profit, I think the the management, a light bulb went in their head and they thought, hey, we can sign players for free, pay them good money and sell them on for a profit and look at the business we are doing on these books. The money bags fell onto the table. Exactly. (laughs) And uh, I think, I don't necessarily think they just do it with free transfers because if you look at Spinazzola and uh, I, I think Pellegrini is going to be a perfect example. I think that's going to happen as well. I think he the only time he's going to hold the shirt is at the press conference. And even, even look at the youth players. Like uh, I believe we had uh, Pereira a few years ago and I thought he did pretty good in some of the summer tournaments that we had. But they don't give these guys a chance. It's yeah. just a it's just a money making operation. Like it, we're churning out euros uh, at J head J Corp headquarters over there. <laughs> like uh, it's it's strange, Roman. Yeah, the perfect example is Romero, who's playing at Genoa today. Yeah, uh, we signed him for what uh, 20, 30, I don't know, somewhat huge money actually. Uh, but immediately we shipped him off to to Genoa and. He's talent, but he's not a great talent. So he will never ever, I can say this right now, he will I will be surprised, very surprised if he ever plays for Juve. We will use him as a bargaining chip alongside uh, somebody else uh, yeah. in order to get some, I don't know, Zaniolo or whatnot, Tonale, whoever, right? Just to just to like use the guys. So they are they are just essentially not a players for us. They are assets. Yeah. And this is what we're doing right now. This is J-Corp, yeah. I mean, f- seriously. Unfortunately, that's the way it looks like from the outside. We we buy, we get free transfers. We sell them on. Uh, of course, high signing on fees, high salary. Uh, and then when we actually sell them, well, we end up with nothing because we still need that, that type of player, you know? Uh, yeah. In order to in order to play football, so right now Manzukic would be a perfect example. Also, uh, when Manzukic was exiled, so to speak, uh, Maurizio Sarri was asked about it. What's up with Manzukic? And he's like, now there was agreement with the club. Okay, that's it. 
And he leaves in January. And today, now, of course, Iguain is not going to play every single game. So we obviously need a prima punta uh, or as like a striker, you know? Yeah. True striker. We badly need it against Napoli. Even Sarri himself said that. he's He needs a striker. He doesn't have a, a clear striker. That's why Milik rumors are all over the place right now. Because we actually need a striker. But hey, you had it. But you just gave him away because of this plus Valenza shit. Yeah. And it's and amazing. What, and what they'll also do is if you look at those swap deals, they'll they'll inflate the price. So they'll if they're gonna if let's say we're gonna swap two players, they'll set the price. They could set it at 50, 60, 70 million, even though they're not necessarily paying that. And it, it the the numbers will balance, right? I, it's a weird thing in football that this is allowed. I almost hope that uh, some of this stuff goes away. Like like a lot of the uh, those those co ownership deals are just ridiculous. And mm. I think this is kind of the evolution of what happened with that. And um, you touched a little bit on the primavera. Yeah. How many players right now today we can say can play for for the Juve? None. <laughs> Zero. None, yeah. <laughs> and 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 why? Because we are. That's that's also the, that's also a big big problem, right? With with having such a big big club, we just getting players from somewhere, France, whatever. And we have some guys that are itching to play for the first team. Right. Of course, not good enough. Granted, yes, but give them a shot, you know. But do we? But do we know though that they're not like? I know we talk about like you said with Romero, like. I think we got to start giving these guys a lot of opportunities, like like the Ajax model. Like they mm-hmm. they built up an, uh, a mindset that just keeps like the style doesn't change, but it it allows you to you know build the players yeah, the way that's you the want thing. them. That's the thing we don't we we don't wait. Yeah, that's that's the thing we buy players to win today. Yeah. So if we are Ajax, Ajax are building, like Dortmund, perfect example yeah. also. They build over a couple of years. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold was playing for Liverpool a couple of years before he got very, very good. Yeah. Right now for Juve, I mean, nobody, zero players from Primavera can get into this team and actually do something. Pogba was the only example uh, that is like exception, you know, because... This guy was so talented. He started at the... Uh, well, I think he started at some games for Primavera. I don't remember. But then he played, started to play for the first team. And it was like, wow, this guy this guy is cool. This guy actually can't play football. Yeah. It Which would never happen today. It would never happen today, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, when, I mean, when you're talking about um, uh, clubs like Dortmund and Ajax, you know, you have to keep in mind, like... Their whole entire financial success is based on selling players. Mm. So you know the teams like that are going to focus on their youth, their youth players, and who they've got, and they're going to try and develop them. Whereas like clubs like Juventus, you know, they think to themselves, "We just want the finished article right now." I mean, Daniel touched on it earlier when he mentioned Bayern Munich, and mm. you were talking about the players that they've signed. Well, you know, one of their current wingers was signed from Juventus, Kingsley Coleman. Yeah. And he's not—he's not the—he's not, not one of the best players in the world, but he's pretty good. And he's—he's he's only twenty-four years old right now. And we sold him in two thousand sixteen or two thousand fifteen for something like twenty million. 
and he'll he'll go he'll go for a lot more than that. But at the time we looked at him and we thought, you know, he's we don't give him minutes. You know, what's the point? Get rid of him. And now he's turned into a player that you know most clubs wouldn't mind having him on their, their team sheet. And we've done that too many times. I mean, we've done the same to Moise Keane. You know, we we sold Moise Keane, and we got we forced Manzukic out. That's two strike. That's two guys that could have played in the striker position. And you know, Moise Keane he, he has struggled at Everton. You know, who knows how he would have developed if he remained at Juventus? He, he probably wouldn't have gotten many minutes up until now. But at the same time, it's worth it would have been worth keeping them. But it, it yeah. all comes down to the finances, and that's a problem with Juventus. So like Juventus Mo- just Mo- Moise Keane is a great example. And yep, Juventus, exactly. Juventus just look at players and they think, how much money can we make off this guy? And it's it's like 18, 19, so what's the point? Ship him off and we'll get a guy that's got experience because experience is apparently everything for the old lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough to see that because you know, it's just it's just about being smart. And I know a lot of people like to say, you know, we have this big money. And I, I, it just doesn't feel like that. Like, we talk about all this money we're getting in. And, I, and, I've, and I've played out the numbers how many times. Like, we're not looking as good as we think we are, even though we have Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, we can't just say we're going to go out and blow what. Like, maybe we have the money. I mean, you could put it on financial debt and, and whatever. But, you know, there's still regulations that need to be upheld. You know, that's that's just, that's the way it is, right? I mean, unless you want to get into a situation like Man City, which we could possibly risk, but um, it's just a compiling, really. Mm. A compiling of bad decision after bad decision, and then it forces your hand. I mean, we could, we, we'll say it as much as uh, we can keep beating that dead horse, but it's just, really, it's something as basic as that. The, uh, the thing is also uh, with take um, take Gigi with Buffon for example. That's that's also an example for me that uh, that only confirms the weird thinking of our management. Uh, last season in uh, Ayuva, so we wave him goodbye. We uh, he's a standing ovation, everything. We cry because they, we think that this is the last season for Gigi. He leaves, he cries, whatever. He goes to PSG. Plays there for one season, and then suddenly, for some strange reason, he's back. It it feels strange that the legend that we cried over is just just suddenly back. But point I'm trying to make here is, in meanwhile, we sold Emil Audero to yeah. freaking Sampdoria for twenty million. Probably one of the best young goalkeepers out there in Italy. He could have played Buffon right now. He could have played in the Coppa Italia final uh, against Napoli, for example. So what were we thinking? Again, money, finance, plus Valenza. He was our own product, actually. We gave him away for 20 million. Yes, he is actually the most expensive goalkeeper we've ever sold. Just by... but, But again, finance trumps... Everything it seems. Mattia Perin also. That was like nonsense, right. nonsense, right? There's yeah, like so think, many weird stuff. I think a silver lining I want to say about Allegri though is he almost gave them the keys to do start all of this. Like you look at it, Kingsley Coleman is a player that necessarily isn't a guy that you can throw in wherever Allegri wants at the time, right? And it didn't seem like they jived, right? 
That's kind of the reason why he went. Uh, you look at a guy like uh, Moise Keane, again, prime example. Uh, Allegri was the guy that could put anyone anywhere and somehow make it work. That's what mm. I get out of Allegri. And, um, you know, at the beginning, I think our team was pretty stocked with him. Uh, you know, obviously, as much as we like to say about Kadir, but I think Kadir was a very, he was almost in his prime, you could say, or maybe a little bit towards the end of his prime when we first got him. Um so I, I wasn't too shocked that we made it to a final. I think it was a uh, we had still a lot of players there that. But look at even DiBala. DiBala did he not? Was he not on the bench for most of his first year, if I recall? Yeah. In so Paulo DiBala, he was on the bench for the first few games because yeah. I, I still remember that. Probably helps because Romans were in the shop from that season, <laughs> and. Like we we I mean, we had really bad bad results at the beginning of the season, and Dybala was a big signing, and he's starting on the bench, and you know Allegri was giving it the whole I want to ease him into the squad, and he would come off the bench and he would score. I believe he scored his debut goal against Roma on match day two. I'm pretty sure we lost that game anyway, and Dybala forced his way into the team because he was right. scoring goals and performing well, and it got to the point where Allegri had to play him. Exactly. Yeah, it's. It's crazy how how good we've been. And that's where I question the league. And, you know, some people want to say, no, it's not that it's not that easy to win. I, I've honestly thought of the past five, six years have really, they haven't been stretch of walks in the park, to be honest. Um, and when you don't get that competition, and I think this year now it's showing where now a lot of these teams are pushing. And they're pushing hard. You look at Merda, I mean, that midfield is going to look quite scary. As much as people want to laugh at their success now, I think that's going to give us a real problem in, in the next few years if we don't really change this. And, and you remember, know, we created this. We created yep. this. We, we gave them Conte. We gave them Marotta, basically. Conte was Juventino. And how much he can say... How many times he can say that he's a professional, he's a professional coach. Come on, man. You don't go to Merda. But still, you did. So you, I'm I'm not that pissed off about Conte, to be honest. But I'm more pissed off with the Marot and how he went and how that whole thing happened. And now, basically, we are ripping off each other. Kulusevski is a prime example. Right. Why did we buy him? Just because to stick it to Inter. That's the only reason. Well, and we're losing a lot of a lot of transfers to Inter now, right? Yeah. Like, look at Tonali. Look at. Uh... Barella wanted to go to Merda. You know, we were in the running, but he said, no, I want to go to to, uh, to this team. So I don't know. There's a vibe that's not, uh, that's obviously emanating from Juve that is not attracting these young, talented players. Yeah, but the, you have this uh, argument that uh, Marotta has a very easy motivational talk to players that he wants to sign. Right. Come on, man. Come over here. We're going to knock Juve out. We're going to knock Juve down from their throne. That's it. That's enough. Because everybody hates Juve. Right. It's true. <laughs> and that's, it is true. It's, it's so simple as that. And Marotta knows this perfectly. So what do you think about the, quest, the, the question that's kind of been bounced around? Is it Was, it, was Marotta the mastermind? Was the... Was Paratici just a uh, let's say a, a puppet? Is he really asleep at the wheel? Like, what do you guys think on 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 that issue, Graham? Well, 
you know, Patricio, I'm butchering his name already, <laughs> but like, I mean, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's had a mixed bag. I mean, you can't, I mean, you can't criticize him for going all in with a guy like Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, he's the guy, he's the guy that's been held responsible for bringing him in, you know, right. because Marotta just wasn't for having it. And then, you know, Juventus parted ways with him and he also delivered Delect as well. And, you know, from, you know, from under everyone's noses, you know, Demaral signed as well. That was a shrewd sign. And, you know, I don't think anyone expected him to be, you know, as much of a hit as he's been. I mean, exactly. there was a point there was a point in the season where, you know, fans were wanting Demaral to be a first team regular. But, you know, with with every, you know, transfer guru, you're gonna get hits and misses. But, you know, I think there's always gonna be someone above him. You know, giving them instructions and saying like, "Come uh, you know, well, we want some free transfers. We gotta make you know some profits here and everything." <laughs> but I mean, it was just it was two two completely different phases in Juventus history. Like you know, the beginning of this winning cycle, we had to be very very shrewd in our transfers because we didn't have the money. I mean, right. you look at those early signings. I mean, we signed you no know, disrespect. We signed guys like Matri and you know Quagliarella. You know, it's one of my favourite Italian players, but you know we signed like guys like Quagliarella and Matri and Padoin, uh, Padoin as well. Yeah, I'm just Uraro. trying to think. Yeah, <laughs> like you know these are these are guys that you know you don't sign and think to yourself, you know, we're really gonna have a push in the Champions League this season. You know what I mean? And we're doing we're doing well enough and you know domestically. But, you know, early on, all we were winning was Serie A. We couldn't even win the Coppa Italia at the time. And then we progressed slowly and we were spending more money slowly. And then all of a sudden, I believe it was a 16-17 season arrived. We got all that Pogba money and then we just right. splashed it on Pjanic and Higuain. And at the time, at the time, it worked out for us big time because we were one game away from a treble that season. Yep. And right. after that, you know, we just sort of came off the track, if you know what I mean, right. because it was that that result really, really dented everyone around Juventus' confidence. You know, Allegri included. You know, you could see the change in him immediately. You know, yeah. we went we went from you know his his five star formation just to you know Allegri was a puzzle solver. He would look at his squad. He would think, you know, what can I do with these players? And you know, no one in their right mind would think Mario Mandzukic out wide. You, yeah. you just don't look at a guy like that and think, you know, he's going to be a winger. But it, it worked for a while. And you, you can't fault Allegri for that. But, you know, after the spectacular you know, fall from Grace in Cardiff, he himself and the club just went incredibly conservative, you know, incredibly defensive, pragmatic. And there was almost, you almost felt like a, an inferiority to some teams when you were coming yeah. up against them. Yeah. I mean, I mean... So- I mean Oh, go that's ahead. Right. Go ahead. I was just gonna add, like, <laughs> I just kicked I mean, my, I just kicked my mic. <laughs> but anyway, I was just gonna, no. I was just, I was you just go, you add, go. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna add, like, immediately after that game, we played in the ch- match day one in the Champions League against Barcelona, and I'm pretty sure they spanked us something like three 0 and that just sort of set the tone for you know what was to come. Yeah, well. It was it was more of like a half game, I would say, because we were too exhausted at halftime, apparently, uh, in in that final. But um, so is it just in, we overachieved, and now we've taken everything for granted? Is that something that comes I into think, your guys' minds? I think we just got complacent. You know, we've we've become so accustomed to winning the league, and the, the Champions League, I mean, 
appears to me anyway in the board's eyes as a bonus. If we win it, fantastic. If we don't, eh, we'll make some money from reaching the quarterfinals. Yeah, because there's never been really a direct message. Obviously, we've heard, yes, it's a goal. And then when it isn't a goal anymore, oh, well, the, it wasn't the luck of the draw this year. You know, we had a lot of tough decisions to make, blah, blah, whatever, right? You've heard yeah. them all. You've heard all the Allegri and the, and the Ellie press conferences. Um, but, yeah, it just seems like we almost need to have to – we have to almost r- blow it up. Do you, do you think we'd – is it too late, or what? Where do we go from here, guys? Well, I mean, I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but I know the time, Roman. I, that a... I think I'm a, like alarm bells should have rang after the 17-18 season because Napoli threw that league away. Now, let's yeah. be let's be honest here. If you want to be objective about it, Napoli should have won that season. Whatever happened to them? They threw it away at the very end. You know, they were matching us point for point. They beat us in our own stadium because right. we were so we were so convinced a no-no draw is what we're gonna need. That's what we're gonna play for. And then they just took the winner and you know everyone thought, well, that's it, we're done for. And you know, I think possibly a reset button was gonna get hit if that happened and we lost that season. But you know, somehow we had a spectacular win against the Merda and or whatever you want to call them. You know, we beat them 3-2 in their own ground. That was absolutely fantastic. And the feel-good factor returned and we won Serie A yet again. And, you know, we went back to acting like, oh, there's no problem, there's nothing to worry about. But you know, there clearly was. And we went through another mundane season under Allegri in his final season. And that was with a guy like Cristiano Ronaldo. And we're still playing pragmatic and we're still playing, you know, we're not going up, up the gears. We're just staying in second gear the whole time. And it was it showed time and time again in Europe in the Champions League. Yeah, it seemed like we hit, we kept hitting twenty one. We, <laughs> yeah. we hit we hit the uh, the jack or the ace of spades after you know, and again, yeah, like you said, that one game, that one game against uh, Napoli, really, I think that resonated with everyone about where we really were, and Kulubali scoring in the ninetieth minute and being like, shit, and then the infamous losing the scudetto in the the hotel, but. Yeah, Roman, what do you think, man? What do you what what are your thoughts on all this? Well, I mean, I completely agree with Graham. Great points uh, all over the place. Actually, I have I'm not much to say. Uh, the the only thing is that we have today we have uh, Cristiano Ronaldo on the pitch, and uh, that's that's the problem. Yeah, uh, I agree today, uh, and that's. There was start of the problem last season uh, with Allegri. It never figured it out. Uh, Ronaldo took his time before he got to start his scoring. Remember, he started as a striker against Kiev away in his first game. It it did not work. Yeah, that was his first game in Serie A. It didn't work, and then later Cristiano came out and said. This is a really tough league to play in as a striker. Much harder to score in Serie A than it is in La Liga, Premier League, or whatever. And the guy, we can call him whatever he likes, but the guy knows his stuff. The guy knows how to score goals, no doubt about it. So I believe him. We know this also. Serie A is a defensive league. That's yeah. always been this way. As long as we have these coaches from the 90s era, 
they will still be very defensive league. So that's, yes, this is, will be the focus. That was the focus of Allegri. So, yeah. And now we see that it doesn't work. It still doesn't work with Cristiano. Uh, another coach, different mindset, but still can't figure out how to use him right. Granted, he has 21 freaking goals this season in Serie A, I think. Yep, that's right. So, yeah, he he has been good this season, yes, but... When things don't go his way, he's absolutely useless to play with. The worst player on the pitch and the worst teammate to have, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, what was the game I pulled up? Uh, where did we get a red card and we were down in the game? Who did we play this year? And he was essentially just sitting on the center dot the whole second half. Well, probably Lazio, no? Well, yeah, that, yeah, okay, yeah, I think that's the game. You're right. It was when Cuadrado got the red card. Um, and yeah, it was essentially we were playing, we were two men down the whole. Mm. So really, there was no way we were coming back in that game. No way in hell. Prime and... example was that against Napoli. Uh, Napoli, De Lorenzo, whoever that was, he has the ball on the right back. Cristiano is three meters away. He could just run to uh, Di Lorenzo, try to muscle him off the ball, try to be active, try to win the ball, try to do something. But no, he does not care. He's just standing there and waiting for the ball to come to him. Like Cristiano only cares about Cristiano. I've said this many times this week. It looks that way evidently. It's so easy to see. And of course... Now, today, we saw also the comments from Mauricio Sarri regarding the the, uh, the loss in the Coppa Italia final and uh, whatever. I think it was just rumors. I didn't think he, he said it himself that he has the players, exceptional players up front, yeah. but they are so good with the ball at the feet. No player is there apart from maybe Ramsey, apart from maybe Sami Khedira, actually who are great player players off the ball. They know when to make the run, when they know where is the space. They know how to connect with your teammates. They they are but they are so few. It's only those two players and both are injury prone and way not fit for this system. Well, Ramsey may be, but um right now Dybala wants it on the foot. Cristiano for sure wants it on the foot. Douglas same issue. Of course, they're going to be a problem. And Bernadeschi, I don't know, even know where he fits in all this. So, yeah, it's it's a mismatch. So really, you look at you look at Sarri then, and he could be telling him as much as he wants. Is it really does that necessarily even going to matter? I mean, he could talk about tactics all he wants, but if you have these players the way we have it now, that's why I say, is it time to blow it up? I know everyone's been talking about win it now for the past two seasons now. But what do you think? I mean, if there's an offer for Ronaldo, are we taking it? What, 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 do you, what do you guys think? I know it's a hot take, and I had my piece, my piece last uh, a couple days ago. But, you know, something's got to give, right? Like, so, like, to get out of the place we're in now, you know, the money's got to come yeah. from somewhere, right? Uh, to be honest, I don't know if we... I don't know if it's the right idea. I think it's a good idea to re- to get rid of him, and not because of these problems. I mean, it's just two games. Yes, we may be overreacting. Maybe yes, but what I said it when he's bad, he's awful. 
And if we are going to replace Cristiano, let's say we, we sell him after this season, we must be sure, we must be ready with the plan B, what to do after Cristiano. Because the money probably will not be there. Cristiano will not cost 100 million. I doubt it. 50 at max. Because the salary is super high. The salary is high and also the fact that he's, what, 35? I don't know. You you also don't want to wait too long as well, right? Or else you're not going to get anything, right? So, yeah. You you almost, you want to play on that sentimental, maybe Man U, maybe look to some, you know what I mean? Like, that's some of the things that Juve is going to add. And I don't know if they're capable, if the management is capable enough to do something like that because it's like we're, it's impossible to sell players unless we are. Uh, you know, guys that we want to get rid of, we don't know how to convince clubs. But um, but let's but let's anyways. say we get let's say we get one hundred million. Right. Let's say we get one hundred million for Cristiano after this season, just just for fun. Who do we get? We need to have a plan for that, for this hundred million before we actually start doing this. Who is on the market? And if they are blowing this money on guys like Milik, guys like uh, who was it? Um, I don't remember the name, but anyway, Timo Werner, if if he yeah. hasn't signed for uh, for Chelsea, I don't know. The midfield is the issue. Yeah, I could get rid of Cristiano and sign a quality midfielder. That would be a better choice for me. I would be actually. I, I said this on the Juve show for with uh, Giuseppe Martina, right. uh, my starting lineup for or my squad for the next year. I would sign Cavani. Just for the free transfer, just for this season, right? Just, just to like a one-year deal, like exactly. a one-year deal type. Yeah. Thing. yeah, because I know who I want, and he's playing for PSG, and that pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Graham, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's Cristiano Ronaldo is a tough one. I mean, you look, you look at his age, thirty-five years old, and you think to yourself, yeah, just you know. If someone comes in with a big offer for a 35-year-old, you bite their hand off and you sell them. But at the same time, the guy's been a top goal scorer since he arrived. I mean, I'm looking at I'm looking at the statistics right now, and he's scored, you know, he's scored 53 goals and 77 appearances, which you see that on writing and you think, there's no way I want to sell this guy. But yeah. Like Roman said, it depends who you bring in. I mean, I'm always of the opinion if you're going to sell a player, you need to either bring a guy in of the same level or improve on it. And I don't think Juventus would be able to do that. And, like, there's there's so many players you look in, even in always the midfield, it's always the damn midfield. You look at the players in that position and you think to yourself, well, I can improve on him, I can improve on him. And if you sold a guy like Ronaldo, you know, you get the transfer fee, you get those huge wages off the wage bill. I mean, surely that's a lot of money to be able to play with and improve the squad overall. But whether we like it or not, the guy has been scoring match-winning goals for us. I mean, he's been, he was absolutely garbage against Milan and Napoli, right? Anyone that says right. otherwise is deluded. Mm. I'm sorry, but mm. yeah. Mm. And like, like Roman said as well, when he's not on his game... He gets sulky and he does very little else and he just walks around the pitch, you know. It's like he gets this attitude where these guys aren't giving me the passes I want. It's their fault. It's not my fault. Fuck this game. I'm not interested, you know. Yeah. And it's nothing new, right? It's nothing new. We've 
we uh, as much i mean we should know perfectly because this is the shit talking that we gave him when he was at madrid so i mean he's definitely when he gets in his moods it's it's nothing that we're that we're missing right i mean it's something where if he doesn't get his way it's he's going you're going to definitely know about it but uh if if we do sell the guy we need to bring back the grinta we had with conte the grinta we had with allegri in the first part of his career at juve uh, Rav at uh, on Twitter, he said it perfectly today. Uh, the Grinta was put back into the squad by Conte, who, for whatever other faults he had, knew what Juve are. Allegri maintained that to an extent. We are now at the point where the team is bloated on huge money and uneven. Too many egos, egos not a collective. And that's a perfect tweet. This example, perfect example of what we are today. We are too many egos cristiano yeah. being the greatest but not the collective so if we get rid of the greatest ego we have yes we will probably lose money we'll probably lose the merchandise or marketing or whatever the instagram likes or whatever the cristiano ronaldo fanboys go take them take them <laughs> take them yeah <laughs> but what we could what we could get in return we need to be smart about it and I don't think I'm not sure that our management is smart enough to get back that Grinta. Malatosari yeah. for sure is not that manager who could bring that Grinta back, and this is why I think going back to Pep, that Pep is the solution there because I believe that he can do that. I think we just stepped too far. Like we didn't need to go as far. We didn't need to push the goalpost as far as we needed. Like we thought we needed to make this uh, this wholesale change in ideas. Where really we just need someone to get in there and be like, let's get fucking going again. Like mm. we needed like almost a Conte personality, and that's why I was really in favor of him him coming in because we the 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 fire was out, right? We really uh, everybody was down again after Cardiff. It just seemed like it went downhill or plateaued in a sense. Um, but yeah, it's. I think that's something that definitely needs to be considered. A lot of people think it's crazy with this Ronaldo talk, but I think you have to look at all the options. It's too critical nowadays with this club. And remember, we need to think about the club. The club comes first. The the badge comes first. We don't think about Ronaldo, how many goals he can score, how many Ballon d'Ors he will get. I personally do not care. I care about the Champions League trophy that we need. Yeah. I care about the next Serie A title. I care about the Coppa Italia title. Well, but and we've got we've gotten to the final without Ronaldo. You know, that's yeah. the, the, the indicate indicate as much as we think there's an overachievement there. Um, we still got to the final, so mm-hmm. it's not it's nothing crazy to be. Now winning it is another thing, right? And I don't want to get into those two finals again, but. You know, um, it's no enough. Facts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll keep telling for another day, but um, yeah, it's just, it seems like we just need some real, a kick in the ass, really. And, and like right said, now, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go, go ahead, Roman. Uh, I, was I, I mean, the, the, thing, the thing is also with Ronaldo is he is destroying the offensive lineup for us also. Uh, I think Dybala is struggling, to be quite honest. Uh, yeah. We cannot simply, we cannot find his strengths in there. I don't think he's good from the right. I don't think he's good from the left. I think most certainly he's good in the center, right in the box, in the middle of it all. Right. This is where he should be. Because cutting inside from the right, that's what everybody thinks he will do. He'll be one-trick pony in the end. 
Uh, Douglas will probably be a bit more flexible playing on both flanks, but he, one, injury prone, and two, do not understand tactics. We saw that. He is, he is a Brazilian. Brazilian yeah. who can dribble. And that's it. We need to know about it. Neymar is a prime example. He doesn't need <laughs> tactics. It's just uh, go and play, have fun with the ball. And that's fine. But do we need that? With Cristiano, he just destroys everything going forward. He suddenly is on the left. Then the next second, he's in the center, trying to muscle his way into the box, waiting for Alexandro Cross. And when the, that arrives, he doesn't get the ball. He starts sulking. So, and Dybala and Douglas, they're just running around him just to help him out, it seems. Right. And, and this... That doesn't work because we play. It looks like we're playing for Cristiano to score goals, make him the best way possible. But we have guys like Dybala who needs improving, who needs to get better, who needs to show us that he is the captain we want him to be. Uh, we have Bentancur, great star, plays great this season. One of the few, if not the only player who's who has been well at the high level this season, apart from of course Cristiano. Uh, we need to look at those guys and make them better. But it's Everything is about Cristiano, unfortunately. Luckily right. for us, he also scored the goals. But we are too dependent on him being good. So when he's not good, it's absolutely disastrous. Oh, exactly. And we even that was noticed the first first few games he came in. Like the first game that we played was against uh, Kievo. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, oh, everybody get Ronaldo the ball. Let's see what he can do. And it just seemed like it's gone. It's progressed ever since the beginning. Obviously, where there was a few changes, right? Well, Dybala really didn't play last year, if you really want to think about that. And now it's it's just the wrong system. It was the wrong player for the wrong system. Or we brought in the, the right player for the wrong system. And... And then look how many wingers, like look how many wingers we've we purchased by like going back to bringing in Coleman and then bringing in Douglas Costa and then bringing in Bernardeschi. And then people were talking about bringing Chiesa. I just think we need to pick a style and and go. Mm. It's it's that simple. <laughs> we're too much we're too much well, in, in in confusion, right? That's that's exactly what we did now. We picked the style. We picked the style with Sari. But unfortunately, it's as Graham says, it's from A to Z. It's so far away from what we were. So we picked the style that is furthest away from what we did. So maybe we should have brought in somebody who can do like something in the middle. But of course, it's very tough. And there are very few coaches yep. on the market. Deschamps was uh, mentioned. Uh, Conte was also mentioned. Uh, the, a, lot of, a lot of coaches out there. But in the end, we went with Sarri. And uh, yeah. Not good enough. Well, I think part of the problem, um, just touching on when you bring up Paolo Dybala, I think we've got two players in the, in the team that they need a striker to work off. Like yeah. the, Dybala's best days came when he's partnered Higuain. I mean, mm. I think I, mean, I think the 17, or 18. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's always needed to have a, a, a vocal point in the middle of the pitch up front to work himself off. Because Dybala works best as call it what you want, a second striker, a shadow striker, support right. striker, whatever. And Cristiano Ronaldo is, is similar in that because Ronaldo's best days at Real Madrid were with Benzema. 
and no one really spoke about Karim Benzema as like an, an out-and-out goal scorer. You know, Benzema's role was to provide for Ronaldo, like to create space and just let Ronaldo do what he wants and work off him. And we've got both Dybala and Ronaldo starting with each other and they've got no one to work off because Dybala doesn't work as a winger and Higuain's not there, so Dybala's got to work as a striker pretty much. Yeah. Or Ronaldo in the striker role, and Ronaldo yeah. does not want that. And this no. is why this is why I think that actually, I thought about this, and at the start of the rumors, I thought, no, man, we cannot buy Milik for sure. This is crazy money, crazy talk. But think about it, and we we actually need a striker pure striker out there and there are yeah. very few out there very few pure strikers there who can actually well help out and that's what i'm that's what i'm saying we need perfect perfect point there uh, graham we need some player out there who can make other players better as well as well be effective himself so milik would actually be an okay choice if it helps dibala if it helps well, if Douglas Costa decides to stay, I mean, it could actually even help Bernadeschi if he by some miracle stays. It could help a lot of people. And as a collective, it would actually be something. But with Cristiano, it's when he gets the ball, it's two, three, four, five touches, step overs, fancy tricks, and everybody just stops and waits for him. And so the yeah. momentum is gone. Uh, the style of play is gone. It's all about Cristiano. And I'm amazed that actually Dybala, I have so much respect for Dybala staying this season. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, deep down, I'd be surprised if he doesn't think that Ronaldo is just too big. He's just too big for me. Uh, he is. He has all the focus. Uh, and I cannot. I cannot be at my best when Cristiano is there. But the guy loves the club, it seems. He wants to prove himself, Dybala. Uh, so for me, the way that he came back into the team after these rumors, after his the stupid... That's also management thing. Why did we yeah. want to get Dybala gone? I mean, what's up with that? Money. So, he you said it before. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, right? But, but, then, but then he fights back and actually is there now. And granted, he lost this his penalty against Napoli but so did Danilo where was Cristiano in all this talking about PKs against Napoli why did Cristiano needed to take the final one it's it's all about Cristiano and people were defending that too they were like oh well the fifth one is also very important and and I was like dude yeah the second one was also important yeah Well, wow. those those people need to go back and learn from history. Ronaldo's got previous with us with Portugal. He's done it before. It didn't work out from him then, and it didn't work out from him against Napoli because they didn't even Portugal only got to the fourth penalty kick taker. Ronaldo yeah. didn't get to take it, and you know it escapes me. It was either the Euros or the World Cup, but they got yeah. knocked out in penalties off Spain anyway. And that's exactly what happened against Napoli. He wanted to take the final penalty, but. I'm always of the opinion you get your best penalty kick taker to take the first one because if you score the first one, it immediately puts pressure on the opposition. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And I think you guys are all right. Like, all this discussion is all brilliant, right? And you talk about a number nine, but then what happens with Dybala? Like, that's, you know, one, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, Milik is good for Ronaldo, but then he's also good for Dybala, but you can't play them. Like, are you going to play him 
two? Or are you going to put our four three three and put Ronaldo on the left and Dybala still on the right? Like no, no, no. Or... Uh, what, what I'm saying is that I, I want I want Ronaldo gone and get Milik instead. Okay, no, 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 fair enough. But I mean, yeah, I get. I I love all this future talk, but you know, <laughs> it's like the hope of that actually. Ha- you know what I mean? Like it's. I don't see it happening. I think them they they want to use every drop of Ronaldo's uh, yeah. marketing. You know, it's almost a special sauce. Now. Every every drop of Ronaldo's oil that yeah. he uses during the lockdown. So <laughs> I don't I don't really see how as much as I want it, and I know you've expressed your your opinions, uh, Roman. I don't see that happening. So. And obviously, there's a lot of you know great commentary and stuff like that. But where do we go? You know, with this lineup now, obviously we still have a season. We still have a season to play, guys, and you know it's still to be won. As much as you know, maybe we've taken a hit, but let's be positive. What do we do now? A lot of people are suggesting three at the back. Um, a lot of people are saying, you know, putting the like obviously you said earlier Danilo at the left back and then Cuadrado right back, keeping the same formation. Where do we go? What do we do? Whoever wants to take that one first, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, it's oh, this. You look at the squad, and you're just limited. I mean, people talking about three at the back. We've, I think, we've only got three centre backs right now. Maybe like we've got we've got Benucci, Delect, and Rigani because the other yeah. two are injured. So you know, you've got five. You've got five substitutions to make. So who do you give a breather at some point yeah. during the game? Because yeah. You, you need to rotate the guys. So yeah. three at the backs out of the question. And then you would have full... You're always going to have full backs anyway. We're already stretched for that. We've only got three. Um, at, at first, at first I was against the idea. I've, I've seen it batted around on Twitter by several people. Um, the, the idea of two up front. And I thought right. to myself, well, Cristiano Ronaldo's, you know, he's, he's been shocking as a striker himself under Sarri for the past two games. So I immediately ruled that out. But I found it interesting. There was, there was times during the season, like I think it was maybe during January, February, when we had like a, a winning streak of games where we were scoring several goals and Ronaldo was looking like the Ronaldo we want him to be. Yeah. And I, I believe that was like, I think it was like a sort of diamond in the middle with two up front. It's maybe like a four-one-two-one-two style yeah. formation, something like that. And he was he was scoring for fun in those games but then you're, you're left with another problem you know where you you're not going to have any wingers you know so yeah. where does Bernadeschi Douglas Costa play and you're playing with both strikers with no one on the bench to come on as a right. substitute or rotation or anything so whenever you look at formations we're you know we've got one hand tied behind their back with every solution you know yeah exactly I agree with that I don't. I don't see. I don't see us using anything else than a four-three-three. To be quite honest, uh, just because this is Sari's system, this is Sari's formation, and uh, for how many times we have rotated this season already, especially knowing that Sari is not known for rotation, but we actually rotated trying to find the best eleven because I don't think he's actually sure who is the best eleven even now, and that's also scaring. Uh, so he keeps rotating, he keeps fighting the system, and now, luckily for him, is a, there is a COVID-19 going on, so he has to rotate. Right. He must. So, uh, of course, he's going to stick with his 4-3-3 in order to try to figure that out. I, at least we need to have one stable factor here, and that's the formation. If we're going to f- go with the, uh, with the formation change, then it'll be 
completely another setup again. So there'll be a reset. In the end, though, I honestly don't think they don't care much about uh, about the formation. I think actually Sari thinks that as long as they pass the ball, that's okay. That's 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 it. Pass the <laughs> ball in the end, it will end up in the uh, position's goal. It it looks it, it looks that way. Yeah. Give exactly. ball to Cristiano. Give ball to Alexandro. Alexandro will cross the ball, and we'll see what happens. This is this is Allegri football. I'm talking. It about. is. It, it, it is. It's just and and it's we are nowhere near to where we want to be. So. In order for us to finish this season some, somewhat comfortable uh, with the title, or, well, praise God, if two, well, that would be amazing if that happens. I highly doubt that we're going to win the Champions League. I doubt it very, very highly. Sorry, but, greatest coach of all time. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, if, if we are going to do it, we need to start producing. We need to start improving. We need to show some signs. And the fitness levels, I call BS on that. I mean, Bentancur ran like like a crazy man against Milan in the second leg in the Coppa Italia. First game after lockdown, but yeah. ran like crazy. Second leg, uh, sorry, second game uh, against Napoli also started fresh, but then suddenly just dropped for everybody. So I don't believe in the fitness levels as much as the preparation up until the uh, the start of this, well, restart of the season somewhat. So... I mean, it's it's tough. It's tough for all the players. Of course, it's hot, it's warm, it's summer in Italy right now. We can play in that factor also. But, I mean, this is where the man management comes in. Yeah. What does he do with the players? How does he motivate these guys to play these tough, tough games in a tough, tough schedule? And I'm not sure if, well, Simone Inzaghi Fulazzo is... Worse than Sarri. I think actually he's quite much, much, much better that, at it. So I'm scared of Lazio. So we might actually get trophyless this season. That would be fun. <sighs> That's a tough one, man. Yeah. So what, so what do you think? Uh, what happens at the end of the season if that's the case? I've talked about this with Bruno and um, mm. I wasn't quite sure they're moving on from Sarri if even if we do go trophies, I don't know. I really had to think about it. I mean, we've talked about the management, right? What, what's the, uh, we had the same issue technically with Allegri. We didn't want to get rid of him the year before because of his sal paying his salary. Now I wouldn't, I wouldn't see it. I know, uh, Graham, you were telling me before the Gazetta was saying that now he might be under, uh, rap for getting fired, but I don't know. I just, I don't see it. Not with our management. Yeah, I mean, supposedly he's on. Well, of course he's under pressure, but yep. I think it's going to have to be a spectacular failure. I mean, like possibly finish third. You know, a really big failure to give the board, the management, a massive kick up the backside to get rid of Sari, because I mean, he's is I believe his contract expires in 2022, so he's yeah, got another two years on his contract. So. I mean, if you wanna if you wanna hit the reset button, if it's a that's a failure after this season, you know that's that's a pretty hefty payout. So you're gonna have to pay him that that much money. And if we want to buy into the dream of Guardiola, let's say we bring Guardiola in, you know we'd have to pay out his contract and then pay him good wages whilst paying out Sari. That's a lot of money just spent on a changeover of the manager. Mm. But you know, I would 
as a football fan, without you know overthinking it, if if we went trophyless this season, I would want Sarri gone, absolutely gone, because it's times like this in a football season where a manager proves his credentials. You know, it's, right. you've, you're faced with a challenge. You've got several injuries. You've got a hefty schedule coming up. You know, let's let's see how tactically good you are. Let's see your man management skills. Mm. And up until this moment, we've we've saw we've seen very little from that from Sarri. So mm. you know, this is a time for him to prove himself. That's a good point. That's a very good point because I also think that if we go trophyless this season, but at least we see that he tries, that he improves on something, that he actually can stick it to Ronaldo and say, "Okay, you're starting on the bench next game because you were shit last last time." At least I can see yeah. something, but there is absolutely nothing, and and I don't think that I don't, honestly I don't think that he is um, not trying his best. You know, I think he does. We saw that against Napoli. He cried after the game. He was very disappointed. Before the PKs, he shouted at them and wanted them to be focused and whatnot and everything. That So I believe that he does his best. But unfortunately, his best is just not good enough. Exactly. Uh, and and that's it. It's just take the football away. Take a usual business uh, business outside, uh, outside the football. I... I see that you're trying. I see that you do your best, but unfortunately, you're just not good enough. And then it's time to to cut the cord. But again, we need to have somebody ready to take over as soon as Sari, if he gets the sack. Who would that be? We have no one there who is good enough to take over. And maybe, I highly doubt it, but maybe even Allegri will be on the list to get back. I mean, I don't know, because there we have nobody else out there. Pep Guardiola is under contract. Uh, do we want another transition period? Do we want uh, style change of style of play again? Uh, Gasparini will not come because he's in love with Atalanta. Simone Inzaghi probably will not come, especially if he wins Scudetto this season. He wants probably the redo this next season as well. Uh, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Well, there's there's one name you've missed out, Pochettino, and I think he would be perfect for Juventus because he's because he's I mean, he's available on a free transfer pretty much, and he's already proven with Spurs that he can work on a very tight budget, and Juventus management would love that. They would yeah. love a guy that would come in and would be happy to have like here's forty million for you, Do something. <laughs> but that but that's the thing with Pochettino. He didn't win anything, but neither did Maurizio Sarri, by the way. He won a Europa League, but granted, yes. But with Pochettino, uh, Pochettino, sorry, I, I think Premier League is written all over him. Once you once you coach in Premier League and you do some damage there, you'll be all over it. So if uh, Manchester United will be all over this guy when Ole is done, for well, sure. He's got the same amount of Champions Leagues as Allegri does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean Roman. I think you took the words out of my mouth. It's he's just not. Sari is not good enough. He is not good enough. But yeah, no, in terms of options, yeah, we're in, we're stuck again. It comes back to the same thing. We're stuck in the middle of basically starting something new, going back to where we are and we have contracts to uphold. It's rid- it's we literally put us in in almost the worst possible situation you could be in. Mm. You know, there's no because it's like you said, you could go back to Allegri, but then, okay, you're gonna have to sign him to a new contract. Because I believe someone was saying his contract ends this summer, right? So, 
okay, is he going to take a pay cut or what's, you know? That's oh. Rabiot money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's like, we're an incredible fucking predicament, I can tell you that, man. And um, I think it's just going to be, yeah, hopefully we get some Grinta out of this team because, and really see what everyone's made of at the end of the day. We're going to have to see what everyone's made of. And, um, but yeah, yeah, it doesn't look good. I don't know. I don't know what to and, say. And of course, players also need to take the blame here. Exactly. Let's take yeah. Mira Lempianic is also a good example. Uh, has not improved at all. Uh, we all thought that he was going to be the Jorginho for uh, Maurizio Sarri. We're still waiting, still pending, nothing happening. Uh, even worse than he was for Allegri, even. Uh, just not interested, uh, sideways passing, uh, boring and not productive. I mean, I, I said it. I said it earlier. What is it that Mirel Pjanic does that Bentancur cannot do in his yeah. position? Absolutely everything. Bentancur is much better at absolutely everything. It seems. And if if there are guys out there who are listening and think that Mirel Pjanic is a world class player, show me, show me some examples. Uh, don't bring up a single, uh, well, two touches in one game for three years ago. I mean, I want consistency, you know. This is what, you know, we're called world-class. This is consistency. Mir- um, Lionel Messi, great, almost every game. This is consistency. Mira Pjanic is far away from world-class. Rarely missed the pass, they say. What is this? What game are they, wa- are they watching? This is This is nonsense. So... Yeah, for sure. If Barca want the guy, no wonder. No wonder we are uh, dealing with Barca for Artur because we really, really uh, get need to get rid of this guy. But then again, I, I, I don't know. Uh, Miralim Pjanic is one. You have guys like Bernardeschi. I don't think that he is. Um, I don't think he also is the in the Sari category, actually, uh, that he tries his best, but his best is far from good enough. So again, why did we sign him? 30 million or even more maybe. Because he's young, he's Italian, and that's it. Those are your criteria. And an offensive player, that's it. This is why we're also after Federico Chiesa. Young, offensive, he's going to cost you a bunch because of those criteria. And Italian, that's it. Can play a bunch of positions. Yeah, can (laughs) can dive, you know. It's 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 amazing. There's so much so so weird. And but going back to Bernadeschi, like with the with the improvement of himself, also. I mean, nothing. We tried in different positions, right? Uh, we tried him on the wing. We tried him in the hole. We tried him as Metzala. Uh, we tried him everywhere, and I mean, nothing. Absolutely nothing. So it's time to cut the cord. He will not improve. Allegri even tried him. Doesn't get better. Stop talking about Atletico Madrid game last season. Enough is enough. It's not... This is the only game people are bringing up when defending Bernadeschi. Yeah. That's the only game. Give me another one. That's also another good point in in general with the club. Do you not notice now all of a sudden we're not talking about wins, we're talking about these comebacks? That's been the new... That's the new Vogue thing. That's what we're celeb- That's what we're celebrating now. Uh, it's like, yeah, but we we came back three nothing to Atletico Madrid, guys. Yeah, but you this also lost three zero. I know. <laughs> like, 
I mean, I mean, look, guys, we came back against uh, Madrid and Bernabeu, but we also yeah. lost three 0 at home. Like, yeah. what? Like, we're giving ourselves credit for the for the shit that we wouldn't even consider. It's, guys, are- it's normal. To bash a bit of to bash Allegri a little bit for his win against <laughs> yes. uh, against Tottenham, uh, everybody is praising the guy for his mastermind tactics. Remember, we were so freaking lucky yep. that we actually won against them. Harry Kane had a post, hit a post several times. In the end, when we of course started to play super defensive because we wanted to ride out the two-one victory, we played so defensively. We were lucky. Gigi was there. Maybe, I don't remember. I think Gigi, yeah. Yep. Um, it was like, it was lucky. And the great mastermind brought on Lichsteiner. And suddenly Lichsteiner made a difference. No, that was luck and nothing else. Because we were lucky that day. In the end, of course, we didn't win the Champions League. But yeah, it's uh, we need to face facts. We need to look at things the way they are, at facts. Look at the chances we conceded. And you see that we actually just got lucky. Yeah, I mean, it's it really was the 60th minute to like the 67th. Mm. Spurs took a nap. And uh, I mean, great job by Dybala, obviously, at Higuain. But like, mm. really, <laughs> if, if, if they play, if they're sharp that whole game, we're not playing Real Madrid. So, yeah. you know, at the end of the day. I mean that 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 entire tie was a mixed bag from beginning yeah. to end. Like I mean, it. I would ha- have to give Allegri some credit for the second leg. You know, we we shouldn't have had a bad setup to begin with going into that. So he got it wrong tactically to begin with in the second leg and Wembley or wherever it was being played, because he he, he pretty much admitted that himself when he made the changes and he made the tactical switch. And you know it was a it was a really great decision to do that because we hit Spurs hard and we hit them well, and Poch you know Poch, Pochettino took too long to react to that. You know we made the changes, we brought on Asamo and Lichtsteiner, and you know we gave ourselves some width, and Spurs you know Spurs didn't even do anything until they'd conceded two goals, and yep. then suddenly we sat back and we defended it like we normally do. But I mean. The first, the first leg of that tie, I'll just make this quick, the first leg of that tie was incredibly, incredibly pissed me off severely mm, because yeah. we had the, we had the good start and then yep. Tottenham just pinned us in our own half for the rest of the first half and the, almost the entire second half. And Allegri came out and said, well, what do you want me to do? You know, they, they just pressed us and pinned us in our own half. And it's like, you're the manager. Figure it out. You get mm. paid to do this. Yeah. And that's why I'm surprised there's so many people that want him back. Like, what are we expecting different? Well, I think for one, we're expecting stability. I think we, we for one, expect results. So then we're, we're basically what we're saying is we're scared to lose the Scudetto. Is that oh, that's yeah. kind of the consensus? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 sure. I mean, uh, but we, we have to agree on that. We, we want to win, right? So No, no, we, we do. Win. But what I'm saying is, is like, really, it's just a, a stopgap for... We're really we're not expecting anything better in the Champions League because he's got to play all single leg games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Leon will be happy with that. <laughs> They're gonna be uh, like... but, but I mean, I mean, uh, as I said at the right at the beginning, I think Allegri is a better coach, man manager rather than his uh, tactician. I mean, to play a, tra- a, a tactic football for him, he he and him and Juve were a perfect match. 
We wanted the results. He brought us the results. As Graham said, one game away from the treble. Nowhere near of uh, Antonio Conte. Nowhere near of what Sarri will give us, for sure. Uh, and yeah, the, the play was bad. We, the way we lost against uh, Real Madrid. The way we conceded the penalty at overtime. That was awful. I screamed at my screen because we subbed on Andrea Barzagli at the 60th minute trying to ride this out with prime Cristiano. This is stupidity high level. But, I mean, he had some moments. Last season, however, he was absolutely useless. You can go back to and see all my videos from from that season. Rant after rant after rant. It was useless. Absolutely nothing to find. But at least we had some basic strategy, you know? With this guy today, uh, the players don't have any. They don't have any tactics. They don't have any guiding, it seems. They're just, they're just, they're just playing whatever they want. And that's the point. Allegri would have said to Dybala, cover that space or something. Uh, do anything. But w- with Sarri, play along, guys. Do, have fun. Cristiano, have fun. So but that's, that's yeah, exactly. But is it really tactics, though? Like I, I'll, I give, I give Allegri credit. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not gonna come on here and be like, he was shit the whole time we had him and he did nothing for us. Like, you look at that last season. I mean, is yeah, really covering he, space and covering players and sitting back is that really tactics? Yeah. Like, are we, but, are but we, are we really? Is it just because now all of a sudden we've gone the other way and we? We aren't defending pretty well, and we are getting countered very easily. That it's like, okay, now we're we're in the we're obviously we're not producing much, but I would say there's more. We've looked a hell of a lot better at the beginning of when Sadi took over than anything that really Allegri was doing all of last season. I mean, it was yeah, really sitting behind the ball. That's a good point that Graham actually mentioned that we should have we should have cut the cord after Cardiff. That should be that should be the day. That should be the season. The last or at season. least Real, I say, at least after the Real debacle, that, that was my cutting point. Yeah, but they're not gonna do it mid-season. True. Yeah, I, I highly doubt it. But but the the after Cardiff, that should be the end. Uh, whoever they bring in, I mean, Deschamps would have been good enough by the by <laughs> by their standards. I mean, Antonio Conte was apparently available. Uh, do something. I mean, but. Uh, they just they just uh, went along with it. Uh, I'm I don't know. We we all saw it. We know we all thought that this going too far. Allegri has done enough with this team. He maxed this team. Yeah, and that's it. So the last season with him was yeah, overkill. It was painful and overkill. Yeah. So yes, and that's why probably the guy uh, people are bashing Allegri so much because of that last season. And again, well, I, we're going I think, back I, think to it, I think it ruins him. It really does. Yeah, like, but, but then so, again, is it's, it, it's so not bad. his fault. I, I don't think it's his fault. I think it's management who needs to see this as pro- he maxed out. True. See you. So but when, management but when you needs go, to go there. When you go in every press conference, you say you make the excuse that you can't play beautiful football, and what is mm. this? This is just tact. This is just you know sitting back. Like to me. It got so bad, and I'd say, you know, especially after hearing what Chiellini said, obviously I still don't think it's true. I think something definitely happened. But, you know, when you when you talk about a coach that can't even motivate, we're talking about 
trying to get Sarri to motivate all these players and a guy that has these exhausted players at halftime, you know, where was the motivation in the, in the, in that? I think that's a hor- that's a horrible look in my opinion, you know. Like a player comes out and says that to me that's that's a slap in the face to everyone who decided to show up to that game. And obviously it goes on it goes with the players as well. Those same players and that same co- coach get lumped into, you know, not showing up in the second half. That's to me that's embarrassing. Well, I think the main sticking point when fans make a comparison between Allegri and Sarri is a man, and I've thought this personally myself, under Allegri in the final two seasons, at the very least, the football was awful, horrendous, but we were winning games. So, you, you know, you, you, you can't, sometimes you can't have it all. So, you know, you watch yep. these boring games, but you win at the end of the 90 minutes and then you win a league title. So, you know, you're satisfied by that. And the problem we've got under Sarri is, you know, we're, we're playing awful football again. It's Sometimes it yeah. looks like a complete replica of what we saw under under Allegri, but we're not winning games, and that's the, the problem. Before you go, Roman, the only thing I have to counter on that, though, is what if we're winning those games because the league is not necessarily up to standard? What if we lose that, lose last year, or we lose the year before? Then... We're basically we're sitting in a, a privileged position of saying, yeah, we won those Scudetti. But if we're playing, let's say, in the Premier League or La Liga, you're not winning the league. You know what I mean? So that's why it's almost, it's an overhyped interp- interpretation. Like you said, I agree 100%. Yeah, we're winning games. That's at the end of the day. The W is what is the only thing that matters in the, in the history books, right? You won. But what I'm saying is, is when you look at it a little bit more critically, there's a lot of times where we couldn't have. There's multiple opportunities where we don't go eight straight with winning uh, the Scudetto, right? Like, that's my only point towards that. But anyway, sorry for cutting you off, Roman. No, uh, Roman, that's fine. Uh, if we compare, let's say, uh, a 1 0 victory with Allegri, uh, with 2 1 victory with Sarri, the comparison there is okay, the similarities are there, surely. Uh, both are victories. Get three points, both of you. But with Allegri, I actually was more comfortable without the ball. I knew that Allegri had his system to defend. Granted, that's not what I wanted. With Cristiano in there, with Dybala in there, guys like that, I wanted the attack, I wanted tiki-taka, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, we ride out, we win 1-0. But... With Sarri, we win 2-1. We have this useless zonal marking that he started with. We're conceding goals like crazy. We're conceding chances. We are not having possession. Uh, We are not sure what to do when not in possession. Everything is all over the place. And people are making mistakes that they didn't make uh, last season. So the basis, the basic tactics were there with Allegri, defending at least. Yeah. But now, I'm not sure what we have. I I can't I can't see it. I I I can see it. Uh, the part of the defense. What is the what is working there? Nothing. Midfield, nothing. Attack, nothing. Goalkeeper, maybe. But that's the only part of the play that we actually, well, standard standardized. It's the goalkeeper, and that's scary. 
because everything else is all over the place. With Allegri, we knew what we're going to get with defense. We knew, for the most part, what we're going to get with the midfield. We did know what we were going to get with attack because that was not the priority. Yeah. It was it was all about defending the league, and we did that. Uh, however crappy that the, that the way that happened, but we did that. So yeah, uh, I think that it was more comfortable. It was more relaxing for my heart <laughs> and for my mind to watch Allegri get the three points rather than as well. Yeah, of course it was nerve wracking because never it's never comfortable to lead one zero, <laughs> right? Uh, especially when you don't have the ball for the last twenty minutes. Uh, yeah, it's tough, and uh, it it beat us against Real. We uh, we lost against, but it was prime Cristiano. It was uh, it was arguably uh, maybe wrong call from the referee from Michael Oliver. I don't know. Uh, right. The fact is that we allowed this to happen. That's the point. Yeah. We allowed that cross to uh, Lucas Vasquez that Benatia messed out. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's that's the thing that happens when you play with a defensive coach. But that's why we say he's a defensive coach because he knows defense. With Mario Sarri, I'm not so sure what he knows. And that's harsh, but it's true. Sarri ball was only for, uh, for Napoli period because he had had specific players and Pipita was in his prime as well as yeah. Mario Hapsic. Yeah, so um, I think we're going to kind of close it down. I don't know. Do you guys have anything you want to talk you want to get off your chest uh, <laughs> further? <laughs> I think no. I'm all good for now. Thanks. All right, yeah. guys. Um, there will be there will be more to come for after Bologna for sure because there will oh, be yeah. also interesting game because after that game when that when that game comes, uh, we need to see something, right? Yeah. This will be a very important game for us because it's not the uh, most fearful opponent. It's not like th- this will be their first game after the lockdown. So we'll see what happens. We on paper, uh, everybody's saying we're gonna win. I'm not saying we're gonna win, uh, but I think we're gonna win, but not comfortably. We but have to win. We have to win for sure. And also look at the players that we are bashing now. Cristiano, how is he gonna respond? Because for sure he will start. Uh, players like Pjanic, will he play? What will he do? I mean, there are all sorts of questions to be answered. Will they be answered? We'll just have to wait and see. For sure. And, um, you know, something I do at the end of every podcast, we talk about um, Allo Stadio or a Torino. I know you guys have you guys have beautiful setups there in the back in the <laughs> backgrounds. But um, just give me some of the memorable uh, memorable moment, you know, first time going to the stadium, you know, first time uh, seeing Juve live and kind of how that was for anyone. You know, a lot of the guys that I have just talked to, they haven't been so. It's always nice to hear good story, good stories about uh, you know being able to go see Juve play live. Oh, this is this is where Aubert should have been here and his infamous <laughs> uh, Fulham visit. I will definitely have him on Aubert. I'll definitely have him on. Don't worry, we'll get that out of you. I, I think this is a point where I log off because unfortunately I've never been. I've never been. <laughs> really? Wow. I've never, never been. I've never had the opportunity. Um, I was actually going to go this year at some point, but for obvious reasons, that's not going to happen. Oh, I've, wow, heard, I've heard that. So, I've heard that so many times yep. from from either on Twitter. Or, yeah, I was going to go. I had tickets for the Lyon game. I had tickets for this game, and yeah, it's what a fucked up year it's been. But wow. yeah. okay, or or a memorable Juve moment that sticks out in your mind. 
where you were, you know, what the game, what the game was, anything, man. Um, Come on, we want we want the, the nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> I've got plenty of that. Um, the first one that always comes to mind every single time: two thousand and three against Real Madrid, Stadio delle Alpi. I think we I think we lost the first leg two one. This is against um, like you know Galactico Real Madrid era. You know you've got your Brazilian Ronaldo, Zinedine Zidane, Luis Figo, all these guys. And I, I can't exactly remember what age I was. I was in high school anyway, so possibly 14, 15 years old. And all my, all my friends and anyone that watched football that I went to class in school with, you know, every single one of them said to me, you know, Juventus, no chance. That that team's got Zinedine Zidane. They've got Ronaldo and all these guys. They're going to beat you and they're going to go to the Champions League final. Yeah. And, you know, when you looked at it, you know, they, they were coming off a really, really good display against Manchester United and the... I believe it was the quarterfinals because it was a different format back then. This is how yeah. far back we're going. And I just remember watching that game and for some reason I thought to myself, we're, we're going to beat them. We have to beat them. Because, you know, we had a really, really great result previously against Barcelona that year where, you know, it was classic Grinta, classic backs against the wall. You know, we were we were tying in the new camp. We were down to 10 men and it was going to, I think it was going to penalty shootouts, and you're thinking to yourself, this is just not our night, and obviously Salieta pops up and scores that goal. <laughs> and I just, it just felt like the Real Madrid game is my all-time favourite for Juventus, because it just feels like everything clicked, and everything was perfect, and that game overall, just as a football fan, had everything. You had the moment with Pablo Nedved, where he scores that fantastic goal, when he yeah. runs off, he runs off onto the running track, to get to the fans to celebrate, he gets down on his knees and everything like that. You had the classic Del Piero goal that everyone sees. Even a new fan, if you type in yep. Del Piero Juventus, you just see that where he just does a little feint, drops his shoulder, fakes a shot, and then he hits into the net. And of course, you know, we had a penalty for Real Madrid as well where Buffon saves a penalty from Figo. So it's just a glorious moment and it's my all-time favourite game as well. Mm. And it just shows what we're lacking now. Like it's just night and day. Yeah. Night and day. None, none of that is seen in the team. None of that. No backs up against the wall. But we're also too scared to say that we're the favorite. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, back back then we had Edgar Davids, and now we've got Matuidi. Yep. <laughs> it says it all, really. Oh man, good times. Some unbelievable, some unbelievable teams too, and it just—it's night and day. But anyways, Roman, go ahead, my friend. Uh, well, I had the pleasure of visiting uh, the Juve Stadium. I will not call it Allianz. J yes, Corp, please. <laughs> J Corp Stadium. No. Uh, um, three times I've been there. The first time was uh, in the first season at the J Stadium, obviously. I've never been to Delhi Alpi, unfortunately. Uh, it was on the honeymoon uh, almost 10 years ago. Wow. Um, and uh, we drew against Bologna at home. And I remember when uh, we... In second half, and we were chasing the winner. We never got it eventually, but and ev- whole stadium. This was when Bologna was about to get relegated. They were so they were on the way to get relegated to Serie B. So uh, and every whole stadium chanted Serie B, Serie B, 
to uh, to Bologna, and it was so much fun. That was my first experience with Italian fans. How passionate they were! Uh, the row beside uh, be, below us, there had uh, there was a family, and it was like late kickoff. Uh, it was a family. There was mother and a father and uh, one kid, six years old maybe. During the night, Friday night, you know, it, it's crazy. It's completely different to what I I used to, you know. And uh, and it was so cool. And of course, he also chanted "Cazzo" and "Merda" and so what. I was like, "Why? Shut up, man! You're six. <laughs> so, but but it was Italians. You're Italians. Yeah, it's, it was just so authentic, you know. It was so cool. And um, and I was the moment you enter the stadium, the moment you see the pitch, and the moment you hear the music, you see the players warm up, you see the uh, the floodlights. I mean, it's it almost makes you cry because you feel like you are at home. You feel like you've arrived. And we traveled from Norway to Italy. It's for what, four, four or five hours uh, in total. So it's not that far, uh, but still, it's a trip. So, um, I mean, it's like you see 40,000 fans uh, wearing the same colors as you do, um, cheering the same names. It's like you're home, man. Yep. Uh, you're not afraid of anybody. You're not afraid of wearing your colors and scared to get beat because uh, that's that's what it's like where I'm from uh, in the early days. So, yeah, it's tough. And my memory moment, um, <laughs> well, it's actually two, but, um, well, the first one is obviously 2006 Italy, Italy World Cup victory. Not that I'm Italian in any way, but I just fell in love with Italy with a, a very young age. And... Uh, since then, I just supported Italy. So I was in Tanzania and watched it at the pub. Uh, the Italy beat. Uh, I don't remember who they beat, actually. France? France, Is, yeah. this, is this 2006? Yeah, France. The final, yeah. the final was France. Yeah, yeah. Wow, it's a long ago. Yeah, so that was that was real fun. And the, the way Del Piero scored against Germany, uh, it was just, yeah, that's my team, man. And, of course, the first to Scudetto at the J Stadium when we... Uh, we won away to uh, Bologna or Cagliari, I think. I don't remember. Cagliari, uh, was, yeah. Yeah, it was finally uh, um, confirmed that we were champions. That was also a moment that was worth remembering. And uh, yeah, now going unbeaten that season is like, yeah, it's monumental. It was great fun. And um, I still want it back, man. I still want this Grinta. I still want the, the fun times, the... Uh, the way we deserve the Scudetto, you know, that feeling. Not we, we we buy the Scudetto, not that kind of feeling, you know, but we yeah. actually deserve it by what we do sul campo. So, yeah, I miss it. But uh, we'll be there sooner or later. Yeah, I find it's such a different vibe, even with between the fans. And it's not that it's... Uh, not that we want to see the team lose. I know I discussed this last time, but it's almost like we need something to put us on our ass again. Mm. And I don't I mean, know if maybe that Coppa Italia was it, but we definitely need something big enough to get knocked on our ass to be like, hey, we need to go, but we need to get our feet, put our feet back on the ground and come mm. back to earth because we're in a different stratosphere, I find. Yeah. And, but anyways, Graham, you were going to say, sorry, my man. That's, no, that's fine. What we need, well, the way I feel anyway as a, as a fan of Juventus, what we need is, and we've got it this season, some proper stiff competition. 
because yeah. I remember, you know, take take the off-field scandal and everything that happened. That's a completely different story. But I always go back to the the, the 04, 05, 05, 06 seasons where Milan were breathing down our necks from day one right up until, you know, when we beat them in the San Siro with that gl- the glorious yeah. overhead kick from Del Piero for the head from Trezeguet. But mm-hmm. it was neck and neck every single week. And, you know, I would... I would watch Juventus and then I would watch Milan because I had to watch Milan to see, right, Juventus have won, let's see what you do, and then they would win and I'd just be like, oh, for... Yeah. <laughs> you know, we've not we've not had that for quite some time. We, we had it against Napoli in 17-18 season, but that was a different feeling. That was that was more relief than, you know, celebrations because, like, like I said earlier, we really should have lost that season when you think about it. And this season, again, we've got stiff competition, amazingly, from Lazio. We all thought it was going to be Inter, but, you know, Inter being Inter, they just do Inter things. So, you know, I think we're going to have a tight title race again till the very end. And it's great to see that again because I want to see a team come up and just really, really go toe-to-toe with us and make us have to really earn winning that title rather than, well, we're Juventus and we're better than everyone because we all know that. Yeah. But you've got to show that and got to earn it. Yeah, guys. Uh, well, it's been a privilege to have both of you guys on. Um, uh, definitely uh, won't be the last time. And uh, yeah, I think we've had a, it's going to be a couple hours worth of, of awesome content. But no, um, Roman, awesome. Uh, uh, one of the guys I look up to, you know, you've done a hell of a job. Um, Appreciate and it. Just please keep putting out content. Yeah, like I said, that these are some of the, you know, obviously Al, yourself, and many others that I, that really was the motivation for me to start. Obviously, finally, I have. Um, and, uh, yeah, Graham, excellent content from you as well online. And, obviously, on that live, if you haven't checked it out, check out Al's live. And, again, sorry, Alvaro, like, we couldn't get you on. I'm going to – that's that's on me. Um, but hopefully I'll definitely have you in the near future. And, um, you know, just great work, guys. You know, keeping the club relevant – you know, bringing every, getting everybody involved. Those quizzes, obviously, I don't know how the hell you answered those. Uh, I was watching just uh, a little bit the other day, and man, I'm like, those questions. I'm like, it makes me feel uh, sh- a shitty fan, maybe not getting some of those. But uh, talk even about though, pressure. Yeah, exactly. Um, but again, I just, thank you guys. Oh, go I ahead. Just, I just need to promote um, my ahead, live. Um, it's coming out. Just right after the final whistle against Bologna, I will do the live reaction video. So it will be a similar one to like I usually did uh, with the uh, as it happened, like uh, the post-match review, the play ratings and so on. But this will be live. So as it happens, so it will be very authentic. They will probably be ranting because, yeah, the way the season is going, you know, it's got to be there. And um, uh, yeah, play ratings, live chat, and also, uh, well, We'll see. We'll see what comes up. I mean, we'll, I really hope we're going to celebrate some goals because yep. it's been a long time coming. Uh, so yeah, so we will do it after uh, after each game, hopefully. Uh, I'll do it live. Uh, so come join me on uh, on the YouTube channel, Give It Therapy. And uh, yeah, my man Graham, great blog, even though uh, it's a bit old school with blogging, but I, yeah. I kind of love it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. Much appreciated. And thanks for having me on. It's, you know, it's always great to come on anywhere and talk to you about this. So much appreciated. 
yeah, guys. So make sure to check those guys out on all the platforms that they are on. Obviously, for me, at Juventinita, D-A-L, on Twitter and Instagram. You got me on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify. If you guys could sub and like the shit out of those, that would help me immensely. And, uh, yeah, just keep keep your eyes posted. We got a lot of content. There's a lot of games coming up. And, yeah, we're just going to be slinging it out there with uh, the rest of you guys. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, again... As always, Fino alla fine. Oh, can we do predictions? Can we do predictions? Oh. <laughs> we need to do predictions. Hold on, one sec, one sec. Rewind. Roman, <laughs> let's go. Drop a prediction. <laughs> prediction for Bologna? 0-0. Zero, yes. zero. <laughs> you stopped me for that? <laughs> Why you got to end it on a bad note? <laughs> no, nah, I'm going to go 2-0 go Juve, actually. To be serious. Graham? <laughs> 2-1. 2-1. 2-1. I mean, yeah. I, I, I hope to God we can score a goal at the very least. We, we've got to do that to begin with. Yeah, 1-0, one, one 90th minute goal. <laughs> Ronaldo. <Yeah>, PK. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, guys, thank you again for watching. Stay tuned. And as always, fino alla fine. Forza Juventus. Fino alla fine. Ciao. Ciao.